how are you? I am spending the day here in Hollywood. I've got uh, 24 hours, a bit more than that maybe, before I leave the US and head back home to Australia. So we are spending our time consolidating all the learnings, all the meetings, all the conversations that I've had while I've been here in the States and really trying to drill down on the messages that I'm taking home with me. I, uh, interestingly enough, you know, we're doing that by, you know, hanging around the hotel, hanging around the pool. It's really not making life hard at all for this final 24, 36 hours that we've got here in the US. So I wanted to share with you an interesting concept that came from an interesting place, actually. Um, yesterday, when I was on the flight from New York here to LA, so it's a six hour flight from New York to LA, and to arrive in LA, so LA is about three hours time difference so it's from New York, so it's about quarter to five here in LA, and I think that makes it about quarter to eight in New York. So it already starts screwing with you, like it really starts screwing with your, uh, your time frames, right? On the flight, entertainment, fantastic, movies. So I wanted to share with you a message that I got from two, two documentaries that I watched. I watched some movies, I also watched some documentaries while I was on the flight. And sorry, I'm just sharing while I'm talking. And the key message, hope you can hear me okay. Chris, let me know, I can see that you're there. So let me know if the sound's okay. It's very loud in here. I do have my pods on, so hopefully, hopefully you can hear me okay. Um, the key message is to act as if whatever it is that you're planning for, hoping for, plotting, scheming, dreaming of, act as, thank you Wendy, act as if it is already so. Now what do I mean by this? So, really interesting. So I watched part of a documentary about David Bowie. Those of you who know me well know I absolutely, David Bowie is a, a, an honorary member of our family. Yeah, we're all obsessed with him. Um, and there was a documentary about his very early days. So I actually got some albums of his from the 60s because I actually really enjoy his really early music before he was David Bowie. He was still, you know, he was still going around as David Jones back then. Um, and he had so many what we might consider failures. He had so many bands that didn't work out. He had so many, he auditioned, he and his band at the time auditioned to be on the BBC and they were knocked back. And the letter of rejection that they got was just for most human beings would have been absolutely earth shatteringly bad. It described him as having you know, no personality. It described him as being unable to sing, as being tone deaf and singing out of tune, as you know, a pleasant nothing. Now, I don't know about you, but I would find it really, really tough to pick up and keep going after getting a message like that, a rejection letter like that. Now, as you know, I used to be an actor and you do, as a performing artist, you do get a lot of rejections. In fact, 95% of your work is being told no and getting up and moving on anyway. But I tell you what, that letter from the BBC would have cut to the quick. I, I, I don't know how he just glossed past that. But what he did was, 
He acted as if he was the rock star that he became. He acted as if he was the superstar that he was to become. So he never, that we know of, let those knockbacks, those setbacks, those in inverted commas failures hold him back. He moved forward, he kept moving forward, he kept looking to the vision that he had and kept going after it and going after it and, and shifting and changing. So David Bowie is known as being a chameleon, he's shifting and changing his personalities and his characteristics. But it wasn't just his outer chameleonness, it was also his inner chameleonness. Like he was able to shift like a shapeshifter and bend and move around and between the cracks of rejections and people not getting him. And I think for entrepreneurs and business owners, this is such an important point. Not everyone's gonna get what you're trying to do. You know that I've, I've had my moments of people not getting what I'm trying to achieve. Um, people aren't always gonna get you. That's okay, they're not your intended audience. What you need to do is merge around and shift around and wriggle in between the cracks and get through to the people who are after your message and who are interested in what you've got to do or say or sell or promote or whatever it is that you do as an entrepreneur and this is the thing act as if act as if your audience is right there listening to you act as if the thing that you're wanting to promote and build and grow and develop is already on its way act as if that you know absorb that this is already happening feeling now the second message that I got from my documentary viewing on the flight yesterday between New York and LA was from a documentary on Joan Jett. Now uh, Joan Jett, as you know, um, very famous, very hardcore female rock artist. I loved her as a young girl. I loved, loved Joan Jett. And, um, and as I grew older, I actually discovered her backwards. So I, you know, I discovered her in the 80s. Um, and then I discovered the Runaways. And my God, the Runaways. Um, you know, all of that punk rock, really hardcore, women doing rock and roll when everybody was telling them not to. Now they told a really interesting story in this documentary in their early days as the Runaways, Joan Jett and... Um, all the girls in that band tell this interesting, these interesting stories about their the initial reaction to them as an all-girl rock band was oh how cute, how sweet, how lovely, and then when they kept going and kept being hardcore, the language turned and became very nasty, very sexist, very trying to squash them down and keep them small. And what I find fascinating about the journey of Joan Jett, both with the Runaways and beyond, was that she developed an attitude which was one of assurance, self-assurance. And she had her moments where she wobbled, and uh, especially when um, when the Runaways sort of fell apart and she ended up leaving. She went through a very dark time, but she believed in her music and in her message of empowering women in rock and roll so much that she developed this attitude of fuck the world we will do it and we'll do it anyway and we will we, it will happen and she acted as if it was so so you know way before people were selling albums at live shows she was selling albums that they had produced themselves 
out of the boot of their car at her live shows. Now she'd been a massive star with the Runaways, but once she became Joan Jett on her own, it was a big fight, big fight, to get recognition and acceptance. Uh, but she just made the decision with, with her promotions team and her management team and her band members, they just made the decision, we're gonna act as if this is so, we're gonna act as if we are the biggest rock stars in the world and we will sell albums out of the back of our car if we have to. She made the decision to move from LA to New York because there were more towns, there's a, like a radius of cities around New York that she could perform at and get to with ease without having any money if she was in New York because in LA there's greater distance between large centres. So she moved to New York, made it happen. This whole idea of being able to make it so by believing it's already happening. Now, I know some of you are into manifestation and law of attraction. I'm not into that stuff, but you know, if you are all power to you, go for it. You can call it whatever you like. My personal belief is it's about the mindset and the attitude that you adopt. So this rock and roll attitude that uh, Joan Jett had, there was an interview in the documentary with a woman whose name I've forgotten, Hannah somebody, I'm sure one of you all know who it is, uh, from Bikini Kill. And she was talking about, um, oh it's her or another woman anyway, talking about how influenced they were as young rock and roll artists themselves, young female rock and roll artists themselves, about just the influence that Joan Jett had on them. And saying things like, uh, this one particular woman said, I couldn't copy her lyrics, I couldn't copy her musical style, um, because why would she want to? But she said, but I could adopt her attitude. And so you know, she decided that she would inhabit the Joan Jett attitude when she was stepping out on stage. And her words were, when I step out on stage to do the thing that terrified the life out of me, I would adopt the Joan Jett attitude. Isn't that a great thing to carry around in your back pocket? Could we all do with a bit of a Joan Jett attitude? So I want to share, look at all these comments I'm missing, sorry. Um, Lee, I, I thought I saw your name. Funny story about Lee Morgan. I thought I saw your name on the Hollywood Walk of Fame a minute ago, but it was someone else, Morgan. <laughs> so you're in my mind. Um, yes, you can do that, darling, that's fine. So, Final, final third message from Hollywood itself. So we arrived in LA last night. We rocked up to our hotel, which is on Hollywood Boulevard. Um, in fact, I'll just show you, we're in this beautiful cafe. Check so cool, right? Um, there's Hollywood Boulevard and this is in the hotel, this is on the street front in the hotel. And all of Hollywood Boulevard had been closed off. Across the road from the hotel is the Chinese Theatre where they have the Academy Awards and a lot of the premieres for the major films are held there. And they'd closed off all of Hollywood Boulevard, big barricades, people with things in their ears, you know, security, it was massive. And I thought, President must be here, right? When we arrived in the States a month ago, we stayed at this hotel as well, and that night the premiere of Endgame, like biggest movie of the year, right? The premiere of Endgame was on across the road. Tiny little bit of footpath was closed off. Last night, blocks, like whole blocks of Hollywood Boulevard were closed down for the premiere of Aladdin. Now, I was talking to a fellow who works here this morning and he said what they often do, if they're worried about how a 
particular film is going to perform at the box office, they will spend mega bucks on the premiere. They had set up like a festival of Aladdin out here in the street. I mean, there were like Arabian tents and all sorts of things out there in the street. The public weren't able to access it. As hotel guests, we weren't able to access the restaurant or the lobby or anything because it was being reserved for a private Hollywood party for the night. They had really gone to town. So again, this idea of we're worried this thing might not be big, let's turn it on our ear, on its ear and make ourselves believe it's gonna be massive by treating it as if it already is. Now, history will tell whether or not Aladdin makes it big or not and whether or not last night's shenanigans had anything to do with it. But this whole idea of acting as if the thing you're dreaming of, the thing you're building, the thing you're working on, as if it is already in train, it's already rolling along. So, you know, I mean, I've had a fantastic time here in the States. I've got a head full of ideas and conversations and thoughts and, and um, plans and so much happening. And you'll see some of that unfold once I get home and get my feet back on the ground and get jet lag out of my system. But seriously speaking, the stuff that I've learned here is stuff that you guys will all get the benefit of, of course. But it's also about me acting as if things are already happening. So, you know, 12 months ago, I was in the US for the first time on a crazy three-day trip to Las Vegas for a live event that lasted three hours. And I knew at the time that that was gonna be a game changer, not just the event itself, but coming to America, meeting up with some friends that I had met through an online program with Mel Robbins, and I knew that that was a turning point. I knew that was a corner that I couldn't see around ahead of the time. You, know, you can't see around corners until you get there. A lot of the friends I've made, I made 12 months ago, are the people I'm now catching up with while I'm here in the States. So those friends are very special people and we're all on a journey. Me having an agent in New York came out of a chain of events that led straight out of that trip 12 months ago. Me being here and having plans for the future that will you know, enhance what I offer to all of my mentoring clients, all of you guys. That all comes out of making big decisions, making difficult decisions, and acting as if the goals that I've got in my mind are already happening. And of course, some of them are now. The wheels are starting to turn now. So I want you to, I want you to really take away from, from this live stream that there's an important mindset benefit. If you can just start acting as if the things that you want in your life, the things that you're dreaming of, as if they are already starting to happen for you, adopt that Joan Jett attitude uh, and, and rock on with that. I think what you'll find is that it's, a, it's not quite like fake it till you make it. It's not like that at all. Put it a different way. If the thing you wish you were celebrating now, the thing you want to be celebrating in 12 months time, if that thing was already with you now, how would you behave? How, what sort of decisions would you make? How would you act differently? How would you perform differently in your workspace? So when you start thinking like that, say, well, why don't I start acting like that now anyway? It's acting as if that thing has already happened. It'll draw that confidence out of you. It will draw uh, those people around you or to you who are attracted by the you in the future who's got that thing. You know, and you'll start attracting like-minded people to your side. And that's certainly what's happened for me over the past 12 months too. So, I must say, I've got lots of comments here today and I've not 
kept up with any of them because I haven't got my glasses on as you can see but um, I do want you to know that I really appreciate you being live with me there's seven of you here um, <laughs> and um, if you've got any questions let me know I'm also really keen I'm trying so hard to read some of these comments I will come back to the comments what I really want you guys to know is that coming up there's going to be a series of um, live coaching sessions. We're going to call them coaching sessions because they will be live sessions where I will interact with somebody who might be a creative entrepreneur, might be a business person, whoever, whatever. If I can help them, I'm going to be doing some of that online, live, no cost. So if you're interested in that, do give me a shout out check out um, send me a message if you're personally interested in having a conversation with me about participating in some online coaching um, and what I'll do is I'll figure out with you what your needs are how many sessions we might spend together and as long as you're happy for that to happen online uh, in a public space then I'm more than happy to give you my assistance um, obviously if you're interested in private mentoring you can check out my website quietconfidence.com.au um, I will be moving some of the broader uh, mentoring programs that are for business professionals onto my Finding Proof website, but at the moment it's all on Quiet Confidence, so you can have a look there. Meanwhile, do let me know if you're interested in participating in some online coaching, um, and do let me know if you know of someone else who you think might be interested in some online coaching. I've got a couple of people already that I'm about to commence conversations with, a couple of people that I've already started talking to about doing this. It's going to be super exciting. I'm super excited about it. And uh, meanwhile, I'm going to enjoy my last day and a half here in the United States, and I will see you back on the other side of the world. Bye-bye for now.